This program is sponsored by Proponacy, where I'm the president and CEO. Proponacy is the Greek word for coaching. We provide SaaS technology to centers like yours. Most contact centers struggle with their people, whether it be overcoming monotony, attrition, or getting superior performance. Our solution makes it easier and cost-effective to get even more than you could possibly have expected from your front line. The result is loyal customers, engaged employees, and winning, provable, profitable results. You can reach us at Proponacy.com. You are being forwarded to the contact center coach. Okay, let's start right out and see if anybody paid any attention in high school and world history. Do you know what the Pantheon is? I'll give you a little bit of a hint. It's in Rome. The Pantheon is a former Roman temple. It's now a Catholic church in Rome. It was built around 125 BC. To this day, it's the largest unsupported dome in the world. Not sure whether you're even remotely interested or not, but the other thing that's fascinating about the Pantheon, besides it still being the largest unsupported dome 100 years BC, that means it's been the leader for over 2,000 years, is that at the top of the Pantheon, it's got an oculus, which is a round eye-like opening, and it, it sits at the top, so it was designed to let in light, and then, of course, it was designed so that the people could see the heavens, and I'm trying to make this podcast a little bit like an Oculus so we can spread a little bit more light about what happens in contact centers and hopefully get you to see not the heavens, but get to see your future as a leader and that you use this information to be able to be more successful, work your way up the ladder, get a raise, get some encouragement, and who knows what else could happen for you. But the reason that I took Pantheon was not necessarily for the the church and the Oculus. It's for one of the definitions of Pantheon, and and that is is that it's a group of illustrious or notable persons or things, and you'll hear the Pantheon of Gods. And so what I wanted to start with today is the Pantheon of Contact Center Words. What are the words that customers use to describe what's going on on the front line that are the Pantheon, the five greatest words that when a customer uses, you know that something spectacular, something wonderful, something special happened in their conversation between them and your person that works for you. So number one up on the list is smile. When a customer says, I hear the smile in your voice, I could tell that he or she was smiling while they were talking to me. I could sense the smile in her voice when I'm talk- when they were talking to me. That's a sign that the customer has connected with your rep, that your rep has been able to show empathy and caring. It is a spectacular, spectacular response that you can get from your customers. And when your frontline reps get it, you ought to celebrate it. Second up is hire. Whenever a customer says, you should hire more Janes, you should hire more people like Steve, I don't know how many people you've got in your organization, but you need to hire more Christie's. When a customer uses the word hire, again, they're making a further commitment to your center, to your company, and certainly to the people that just service them. Another word that you should celebrate. Third on the pantheon of contact center customer words that they can use 
is clone. You need to clone Hank. You need to clone Mary. She's spectacular. More people need to be like her. You know what? You should tell your trainers to clone Fred. Clone is another word that that denotes a special attachment or connection that has occurred between your customer and your employee. Next up on the list is one that you may not want to celebrate, but it's raise. Whenever one of your clients says, you ought to give Stephen a raise. Sally deserves a raise. She did all these spectacular things. You need to give her a raise. It's a word that you should celebrate because it's a word that again shows a unique connection. And finally, the fifth word that is in the pantheon of contact center words is the rep's name. Whenever they repeat the rep's name, whenever they use the name of the rep, it means the rep has made a connection with them. It's a name that they've remembered. It's a name that means something to them. And so whenever a customer uses a rep's name, that's a big deal. So what do you do with this pantheon of contact center words? Well, one, you need to celebrate them. And I strongly encourage you to count them. With our clients, we count those words. We count the number of times that that occurs. And there's winners of people that have the pantheon of customer contact words. And it doesn't happen as often as you might think. You'd be shocked. We had an organization that probably has three, 400 uh, people in it. And the, the use of there was never more than seven times that a rep actually had those words used in customer comments. And not quite sure what's going on in your organization, but 25% of the time, 20 to 30% of the time, a customer will usually make some sort of a, a communication uh, back in a survey that gives you words that go along with just the scores that they've been given. So then to turn around and be able to hit one of these words, smile, hire, clone, raise in the employee's name, when you see those words and hear those words, those are the pantheon of customer contact words. So let me give you a test since we're talking about words. Let me give you a test. So here's the question. Let's say that you get, you do a survey question and the question is on a scale of one to five, what was your level of satisfaction with employee A on your phone call today? And the customer scored a four. So is that more valuable or is it more valuable if the customer makes the comment, Jane did a great job of listening and I could tell she really cared about fixing my problem. Probably pretty simple. We've got one call. They gave it a four versus some real great detail about Jane. I, I think the words win, um, you know, hands down, not, not even a question. All right, same exact question. On a scale of one to five, what was your level of satisfaction with employee A on your phone call today? But we've got 10,000 responses now, and it's a, it's a score of four versus one customer comment that says, Jane did a great job of listening. I could tell she really cared about fixing my problem. Again, a no-brainer. We're going with the 10,000. But let's say that I add just one more, one more phrase to the comment about Jane. Let's say it said, Jane really did a great job of listening. I could tell she really cared about fixing my problem. But your competitor, ABC Corporation, always sends me a shipping verification, and you folks don't. Well, now all of a sudden, somebody in marketing may want to know about that statement because that statement could be really, really valuable and a competitive advantage or disadvantage that your organization has right now. I only bring this to your attention because there's a, there's a distinction. Supervisors, leaders, perhaps yourself, were far more interested in the numbers because the numbers are something that we can chart. 
we can trend, we can look at over time. And certainly 10,000 responses tells us an enormous amount about our organization and our business. And quite frankly, if on a scale of one to five, you're getting an average of four after 10,000 responses, you've got big problems. But that's another subject. But for the frontline rep, that four, 4.5 doesn't mean a whole lot to them. Certainly it means they get to keep their job. Maybe there's some other benefits that they get from it. But the words are what really count to them. Words count to your frontline representative. And I'm going to give you three reasons that those words really, really count. Number one, and probably by far the most important, is that words change behavior. Your customer's words change behavior. If you want to change the behavior of your frontline employees, the way that you do it first is with customer words. I know that every single organization has your KPIs and the things that you focus on. And I'm not here to argue about what the most significant KPIs ought to be. Each one of you knows what they are. You probably didn't even have any any, um, uh, part in making the decision as to what they were. Someone in the organization may have made that decision and you're just following their direction. But let me tell you something about customer words. Customer words need to be first. It, hopefully, it's one of your KPIs. Hopefully, there's a CSAT measurement or some other measurement that you're using that's customer feedback that goes into one of your KPIs. But getting those words into your employees' hands as fast and as quickly as possible, any sort of customer feedback needs to be first. Uh, it may not be the most important to you, but it's certainly the most important to your employees because it changes behavior. Well, how does it change behavior? Why does it change behavior? First off, words are daily encouragement. If you're running any sort of a post-contact survey program, you're getting daily encouragement. And you compare the four quality monitoring sessions you're doing, maybe you're doing six, maybe you're really spectacular and you're doing eight. But how does that compare to the 15 to 45 or 60 monthly responses that your employees are getting from customers? That's daily encouragement. The ability to get that kind of information into your frontline reps helps you change behavior. We have a client that that has representatives that have 1,000 perfect scores, 5,000 perfect CSAT scores, 100 perfect CSAT scores in a row. That kind of ongoing data that you receive is really, really important because it allows you to help change the behavior. And the best reason is, is that it makes it really easy for supervisors. You know, originally when quality monitoring came out, it was such a big deal because we could go to supervisors and say, listen, you know what? You don't need to fight with your frontline reps anymore when you want to have some sort of a discussion with them or QM finds something that they did wrong. You can just walk in, sit down in your coaching session, press the button, let them listen to their call, and you've told them they're rude, and then they hear it and they go, oh my, I'm rude. Well, you know what? The world's changed a little bit. Unfortunately, we're not that self-aware. We've all been getting trophies and prizes. Even when we don't do very well, we're just getting in for participation. The requirement for self-awareness requires a little bit more emphasis than just them listening to their calls. Your customers make a difference. They're reliable, they're credible, they're passionate, they're accurate, and they don't turn over right? They're, they're going to be there every single solitary day. And when your customer makes a comment, your employees will listen. If one customer doesn't make the comment, they may not listen. But if two or three or four or five or six tell them that they don't have any empathy or they're not listening or they're interrupting or they're over talking or whatever it is they're doing, they'll get it. They'll figure it out. Customers' words really make a difference and really can change behavior. Second up is that words, customer words show connection, loyalty, 
and depth. They really do show you the depth of the relationship that you have. I mean, a great example of that is, I think that if you go back and take a look at your most successful employees, the ones that are doing the best job, you'll also find out that they're getting more surveys than everyone else. And a lot of clients are really concerned when, they, when they're looking at surveys because they've got QM and they're going to get four, you know, or they're going to get eight of them and everybody's even and they get the same amount. And then all of a sudden they start getting survey results back and, you know, Jane has 10 and Joy has 17 and, oh no, maybe we ought to keep them all the same. You don't need to keep them the same. It's a reflection of the fact that Joy in this particular instance is making more connection with her customers, and as a result of that, she's getting more survey results than Jane. And I think you'll find that 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 when you look at that ratio, the the frequency of surveys shows that they're really doing a great job. And the reason for that is is that for the most part, we get really positive surveys. Yes, you're going to get complaints, you're going to get problems, and those are the ones that, that obviously we need to react to and close the loop and take care of. But you're predominantly going to get a lot of really great positive surveys. And when you get a lot of great positive surveys, it shows that your reps are making great contact and they're making a connection with your front line, which is which is really, really important. I already told you about the fact that, 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 that it shows connection, loyalty, and depth. Obviously, if you hear them the use of their name or any of those five words that I told you about in a pantheon, that shows that we're making a, making a connection. And then the, the final reason that, that this connection and loyalty and depth really matters is I, I'll give you a, a, a perfect example. It may sound crazy to you, but in politics, the way that you build loyalty with the people that you want to vote for you is not by doing a favor for them. Most people think that in politics, when I when a politician does a favor for somebody, that's how they're actually building loyalty. They're you know giving away this or giving away that, that that's how they're building loyalty with their constituency. That's not how they build, build loyalty. The way you build loyalty in politics is you get somebody to do something for you. So if I can get people to do something for me, that builds loyalty because let's face it, they've got more of an investment in me than I have in them. And you see this everywhere. You see this with parents with kids, right? The more we do for our kids, we have a tendency sometimes to overdo it and the, and the kid doesn't feel that same connection or the same same emphasis that you have because you put more into it than they do. And and just a note on parenting, right? We spend our entire lives trying to get our kids to care more about what's going on with them than we do. And when we do, we can say, you know what? They get it, right? So when they're really, really young, we want our kids to understand they're not supposed to run across the road. That if they run across the road, they're going to get hit by a car. And the moment that we, we recognize that the kid understands that, well, we can all of a sudden back off a little bit. Or, you know, you're a parent and, you know, when you get to that point where your kids care more about their schoolwork than you do, or their kids care more about church than, than you do, then you know what? Okay, they got it. They understand it. Um, never forget when my son was playing baseball, man, I was trying like crazy to get him to, you know, he would get up and he'd play baseball and he'd strike out and he wouldn't phase me, wouldn't think about it. You know, two seconds later for me, I'd lament about it for days. You're ultimately always looking to get to the point where your kids care more about something than you do. And when they do, you can say, I got it. Well, when your customers are filling out surveys and they're getting more, you're getting more and more surveys, they're showing their loyalty to you because they're willing to take the time and investment to to provide you feedback. And of course, if you ever actually go the next step, which is, is that a customer actually gives you a suggestion and then you close the loop and follow them and say, hey, listen, not only did we get your suggestion, but we did something about it. Oh my, that's the way that you build loyalty when, when we build this connection. So the second thing that words do is that they really do show connection, loyalty, and depth. And then finally, words last forever. 
forever. Words really make a, really make a difference and, and they stick around forever and you can continually reuse them. They work over and over again. A spectacular customer quote that you show to your rep and then you show it to them again in, in, in three or four months or it goes on a wall board or goes on a wall. Those are words that never go away. Making a legacy making a legacy of those great customer comments, either for the individual or for the organization. You need to put them up. You need to memorialize them. You need to use them as legacy examples. It makes a difference and keep doing it over and over and over again. World, words last forever. I mean, you know, when Uncle Joe tells you at six years old that you've got fat ankles, you never forget that. I mean, you never forget the things that, that people do. Again, another parenting thing, really, really important that we guard our kids' hearts, right? We've got we to find ways to guard our kids' hearts. Whether it's your son or, son or daughter, you need to tell them that they're smart and they're bright and they're funny and, 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 um, and that they're great-looking kids and, and all the different things that you need to say to them to build them up and to guard their heart because somewhere along the line, somebody's going to break their heart. You know, at 15 or 16 years old, your daughter's going to meet somebody that she really likes or your son's going to meet somebody that they really like and they're going to get rejected or told they're ugly or told they're dumb or goofy or whatever it is. And you want the first thought in their mind to be, you know what, that is so foreign to me. I don't get that. That doesn't make any sense to me. I don't, I don't even understand where that's coming from. It doesn't mean that they're not going to feel bad. It doesn't mean that they're not going to they're not going to take it in, but, but by building up these words, what you've done is you've created a way to guard them and to help them, help them through that. And, and words last forever. They're going to last a lot longer than the 4.5 or the 5.6 or whatever the numbers are. The words are what, are what encourages people. The words are what, what makes people stick around. The words are what help employees want to stick around to see. And if their words end up on a wall or on a post or burned into a piece of wood, it's going to make them stick around a little bit longer. We had a client recently that um, we were doing some of these tests and going over who had the longest streaks and the, and, and the highest numbers. And, um, and one of the person that had the highest numbers in a particular category was a former employee. And I know that that person hurt in that organization and they had 700 employees but they knew who that one was. They knew who that person was because that person was special. They were unique. They were different. They, they, they made a connection with their customers. And, and so when we can do these things, when we can use these words to hold on to people and have them stick around and recognizing the power of them, we, we, we need to take advantage of that. And obviously your words that you use with your employees matter. The words that you say to them when you're coaching them, the words that you say to them when you're passing them by those only add on to and increase and bring better value to your frontline employees along with your customer words. So words really do count. And I want you to use that Oculus that you look through to look at your center, your team, your organization, and recognize that the words that your customer use are really, really valuable because they can change behavior, they show connection, loyalty, and depth, and they last forever. Don't forget the five words that are the pantheon of customer contact words. Smile, hire, clone, raise, and of course the employee's name. It's been great to talk to you this week. I look forward to talking to you next week. Use some great words. Find some great words from your customers and be a great leader. Look forward to speaking to you next week. Bye-bye now.